Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. All right. Hey, get your Bibles out. Let's get to the Word and the time that I have left. And uh, my wife and I, as I said, we had the privilege of going to uh, Mexico. And again, I got to do the Bible school graduation. 34 graduates, some of them that were walking on Saturday, graduating, uh, were supposed to graduate or walk in 2020, but there couldn't be a graduation ceremony because of COVID. And so we got to incorporate them. It was a wonderful time. Got to speak to 25 instructors and Bible school directors. I love our investment and Audible de Vida, but we multiply it when we're helping train up leaders and students because they'll go out into the ministry, whether it be at Audible or the surrounding area and start churches and, and do great things for the kingdom. So what a great investment that is. Uh, funny story real quick, when we were in, uh, <laughs> at the graduation ceremony, it's very, very formal. It should be. It's, it's imagine if you watch a college graduation and so we're there all morning doing practices, run-throughs, and, and I don't, uh, I had to wear a suit. They asked me to wear a suit, and I'm like, I don't own a suit. I don't have a suit, and I never wear a suit, and I, I very rarely get asked to wear one. So my brother said, no worries, I got one you can borrow. And so uh, I got down there, and uh, I didn't take anything. I took a, a white dress shirt, and uh, so he had a nice chocolate brown suit for me, and I kind of didn't bring any shoes, and he's like, I got some shoes for you, and, and his feet are longer and narrower, and mine are shorter and wider. Hey, there you go, right? It's embarrassing to say that. And so uh, so that morning we're at practice and man, those shoes hurt my feet. And I'm like, I can't wear these. So I, I brought a change of clothes because we were going to be there all day and do the, the luncheon later with all the instructors. And so I put on a different pair of shoes, but I had his nice suit on and then we're getting ready for the ceremony starts. And I had to put this robe on They're waiting for me to get the robe on so that we could take pictures and taking pictures and kind of hustling and trying to scramble to get everything done. And we line up and we walk into the graduation music and we're following the Mexican flag, the American flag. And we had parted ways, came up on stage, met together. All the graduates came and sat down, and then we all sat down together. And as soon as I sat down and crossed my leg, I, rem- I, I saw that I never changed my shoes back. So I had this really nice suit on, had these super casual tennis shoes, <laughs> and, and this nice formal robe. And, and I'm like, I can't believe that. So all the video, all the pictures are all that. And I heard my sister-in-law turn over, Sylvia turn to Jeff and say, look at Don's shoes. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Anyway, so hey, fun stuff. So hey, so we miss you guys and send a heartfelt greetings from your Audible Day Vita family. In fact, we're looking forward to the mission trip coming up soon to be with them. Uh, we're in a family series, and so I just appreciate Pastor Janae. She brought a great word last week. I was able to come online and, and catch bits and pieces before first after first service. Anyways, I was able to catch a little bit here and there, and look forward to go back and listen to it in its entirety. And today, I want to continue on as we will all the way up to Father's Day, and just something on my heart this morning. We'll shift gears in a sense, staying within the family uh, life series. We'll look at marriage. We'll look at parenting, things like that. I want to look at another, I call it family, family picture, family portrait, maybe. I don't know what it might look like. I'm terrible at titles. But there's a picture in the Word that, I, uh, that the Word paints, that the Scripture paints for us that really speaks about family. And, and, and it's always interesting bringing a message like this or a series like this because I know today family dynamics are different than they've ever been. I mean, you know, you look at different makeups of family and, and there's so many, you know, different combinations, if you will, today. And, and my heart really is, I don't, I don't want to, I want you to feel like a I don't know. I don't want you to feel like, like uh, you know, you feel bad or judged or anything like that. Um, on, the, on the same note, I want to make sure I bring you the truth. Amen? The truth of God's word. I, I'm not looking to be politically correct. I'm not looking to be culturally correct. I'm looking to be biblically correct. 
And so, know my heart and all that, amen, when we share this. And so, uh, when you look at the dynamic or the makeup here as we're looking at a picture of family life, um, I want you to look at, you know, what, 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 what God wants to encourage you in, what you, the grace and mercy that's there for us to walk in, the, the new start and the fresh beginnings that can begin today, amen, can begin today, and God can redeem things. And so, uh, again, I know it looks different in, our today, in today's world, but I just wanted to share that real quick as we get started, uh, looking to build or rebuild a family. It's important to get the picture that God has, and, and it's important to start with the right environment, because when it comes to family, and family's under such attack today, I believe, and such an attack in our world today, because family is so significant to the health and life of our city, our church, our country. So the family goes, so the country goes, and we can see that, right? We can see the attacks on the family, the dynamics are changing, uh, so many things are happening, and you can see that all throughout history. Anytime you see an empire rise and fall, it begins with the rise and fall of the family culture, family dynamics. And so uh, there's a lot of things happening to really come against the family unit today. And so when we're talking about families, we, we draw kind of, we learn from three things uh, about family. Number one, uh, how we grew up. We're products of our environment. What, what was your family like? And many of you didn't have a good family. You had broken families. You didn't know this person, that person. It was uh, just there's a lot of things that happened in there that you would rather forget. And so that's the picture of family you had growing up. And we formulate ideas based on those environments. Uh, we get it from our friends. Our friends, like we should listen to our friends based on you know, what they think is right and wrong in family, which is typically contrary perhaps to you or somebody else. And we can draw conclusions based on family um, simply because of how our friend's family looks, good or bad. And then lastly, we draw uh, pictures, ideas about family from the media, which is terrible. Terrible. Don't get your family picture based on what you see on Netflix. It's amazing. TV, the family unit today. We need to look at family in the context of God, God's plan and purpose, how God wrote it, amen? And I know, again, there's different dynamics and there's nothing here today about any judgment or whatever. We can look for God's grace and mercy and fresh start. So let's take a look at a passage of scripture that we may not normally think of. We're gonna talk about family, but I think there's a beautiful picture here in Psalms 128. Go ahead and turn there for me, Psalms 128. It will be on the screen. It is on your live notes as well. We're going to take a look and let me read verses one through six, then we'll come back and break down a few of those scriptures and pull out some principles for us today. Here's what it says in verse, starting with verse one. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, looks to God, trusts God, respects, reveres God, and who walks in his ways and then is obedient to what God has said. Verse two, you shall eat. If you do that, if you have a respect for the things of God, if you are obedient to the things of God, then you shall eat the fruit of your labor, of your hands. You shall be blessed if you do those things and it shall be well with you. Always good to follow God's picture. Your wife, here we go, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will look, be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall, uh, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Again, probably not a scripture that we study about family, but I think it's a beautiful picture here. Really, kind of as God's looking at the different players. You got dad here. You got mom here. I know that families don't all look like that necessarily today. You got the kids here. But basically, everybody has some responsibility to contribute to the environment to create the family picture that God has painted for us in the scripture so that we can be blessed, the word says. We can be uh, walk in the peace that the Bible talks about here. And so everyone here is important in this picture. Everyone has different responsibilities. And it starts with the responsibility of the man. God will always start there. That's how God will start. He'll always start with the responsibility of the man. And the man's responsibility here is to create an environment, cultivate an environment. 
And so when you look at this in verse three, let's go back now to verse three. Let me read that for you again, the first part. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. If you create the right environment, not what your environment perhaps that you grew up with unless it was a healthy picture of God environment, not what your friend's environment looks like unless it was a picture of God environment, and certainly not what the media or culture looks like today. But if you create the environment, here's what you can expect. This will happen. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Interesting imagery. In fact, when you look at that passage, you see the word, the word vine and you see olive shoots. So the analogies are this, vine for the wife and olive shoots for the uh, kids. And, here, and here's what I want to talk about. We're talking about things. Let me give you three things about a vine, creating the right environment in your home to get that picture. Number one, a vine clings. We know that, right? That's how a vine gets a hold of something. A vine attaches itself to something. And and so you might say, yeah, my wife's pretty clingy. Well, she's supposed to be. (laughs) She can be a lot of things, but thank God she is clingy because here's the important part about that. She needs something to hold on to. She needs something to attach to. She needs something to connect to. And you need to provide her something to connect to, to attach to. She needs to wrap her branches around something. Now, it can be and should be you, men, not another one, (laughs) but it also should be the dreams that God has given you. It also should be the destiny God has put for your family. She needs to hold on to a divine purpose of God. You got to create an environment for her to attach herself to something. You got to create that. That's it. She's she's made to cling. Why? Because she's a vine. She's made to cling. She'll cling to you, cling to the purpose of God, cling to the destiny God's created for you. You got to be present and you got to lead. Number two thing about vines, vines climb, right? You ever seen a vine? It starts right here. Then a little bit later, it's like, wow, it's kind of covered that whole wall. So a vine that has something to cling to then will climb or it will spread or it will grow or it will flourish. If a right environment is created, then what will happen is then there's something for her to cling to and then she will grow and flourish and she will cover with her gifts and abilities and skills and love and grace and mercy, what she's attached to. So if you create the right environment for her to cling to something, purposes, dreams, destiny of God, uh, you, then she will spread out and she will flourish with her gifts and her skills and her abilities. What else does a vine do? Let me give you the last one here. A vine will cluster. That's a funny one to me. And so if you're creating the right environment, a vine will cling something to attach to. And if a vine has something to attach to, then it will spread out and grow. And let me say this. Let me say this real quick before we get to the third one. If she's not growing, it's not maybe her fault. And maybe the environment's not right. Maybe you didn't create the environment for her to cling on to something. Right? Maybe that's the beginning point. You got to go back to that place that she can cling to something because if she can cling to something, she'll go, or maybe what she's clinging on to is not healthy. I know it's quiet right there, but at least the ladies there was a shot, or a shot right there for you. So, man, I know. I missed the men's breakfast last week. And so, <laughs> hey, be thankful. <laughs> I was going to break this down. And so, and so she has something to, to cling on to. And then if it's a healthy environment, she will grow and flourish. And you need to let her do that. And then it says she'll cluster or she'll produce fruit. Fruit will be produced. Now, here's the thing I want to say about the clustering. If it's a healthy environment for her to cling to and she grows and flourishes and she begins to produce fruit. Here's the thing. What, what, what this analogy is, is a picture of a grapevine. And when you look at a grapevine and it produces fruit, it produces grapes obviously, right? And so when you get grapes off, they're sweet and they taste good. 
But if you let it sit for a little bit, what does it do? It ferments and turns to wine. Now, I could use all kinds of spiritual analogies about the wine, but I think this one's a little bit more fun. So if you create the right environment that she can cling to something healthy where she'll spread out and flourish and she'll produce fruit and grapes, once that grapes has a little time to sit and gets fermented, listen, what's going to happen is you're just going to create wine and it's going to taste good. Now, I don't drink it, but that's what I hear, right? I just, I don't, I don't do that. But it's going to taste good. Listen, if your wife is clinging and, and uh, climbing and then clustering, you're going to be happy. You're like, I don't want to cheer because I don't want them to know I drink. That's what you're, that's what you're saying, right? I don't, <laughs> who's all the white? No, don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. And so, but here's the picture though, right? It's going to taste good. It's going to taste sweet. It's going to be a sweet taste to your mouth. Not sour. Mine's sour. I just, she's so sour. Well, maybe there's an environment problem, not a wife problem or a woman problem, right? And so it's going to be sweet. You're going to feel good. You're going to be happy. You're going to have a smile on your face. You're going to forget all the bad things. It doesn't really look so bad right now, right? All your cares have gone away. What else is wine good? It's good for your heart. It increases your blood pressure. Come on, these are natural things, but get the picture here, right? Here's a picture of God's painting. If you will create the right environment where she can cling to something godly and then she can thrive in the things of God, listen, she's gonna produce the fruit that God has her produce and it's gonna create happiness. It's gonna create joy. It's gonna help you think things aren't so bad. We can make it. It's gonna be good for your heart. It's gonna be good for your blood pressure and you're gonna sleep good. Come on, somebody. Listen, this is a picture God's painting. Vines cling, vines climb, vines cluster. And if there's, you sit here and you might think, well, my wife's not clustering. Maybe it's not a wife fault problem. Go back to the environment. Either she's not having anything to cling to or if she is, she's not having anything healthy to cling to. And so it's important for us to understand that because this is the environment that we're trying to create. And let me make one more comment on that. I'll say this. I was going to, a little hesitant if I was going to say this or not, but it can be intoxicating. I won't say any more because there's kids in here, right? This is like, we've got great kids ministry, right? Great children's ministry. It can be intoxicating. All of a sudden, I feel like we should take communion, right? Get the grape juice. Get the old grape juice out. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so, but, but it's important if you... If you, you create the right environment so she can cling, so she can climb, so she can cluster, so you can be satisfied, so you can be happy, so you can be fulfilled in your home, in your family. And before a vine can grow, you got to have the right environment. So many things attacking our environments today. And we get so many pictures of other environments that are not healthy. And so, okay, here's the answer. So what am I supposed to do creating that environment? How do I create the environment? Let me say this. Outserve her. Outserve her. Cultivate that, cultivate that ground, serve her, do the things that you need to do to create those environments for her to thrive. Uh, Outserve her with the right environment. Be present so she has something to cling to. Give her something to cling to. You, uh, give her a purpose to cling to, a family purpose. You're not going anywhere because you're not leading her anywhere. Lead in the direction of God. Let her flourish. Don't stifle her growth. Celebrate her. Celebrate her gifts. Celebrate her abilities and make room for them. Include her so she can flourish. And you're creating an environment there for your home. That's what God, God's picture is. You're the nurturer, the cultivator of the environment so that she can climb, clean, climb, and cluster. And you need to serve her. Okay, verse three. It also says this because we got to go, we got to go, go, go. Verse three. Your children... 
will be like olive shoots around your table. Interesting imagery. Your children will be like olive shoots around the table. Olive plants. Olive plants have to be nurtured. You, you can begin, if you take care of an olive plant, you can begin to see fruit anywhere. I've read different things. Anywhere from three to six years, you'll start seeing fruit. If you nurture and do the right things to create the environment, you can start seeing through, fruit three to six years. Uh, uh, olive plant, olive tree will come to a place of maturity where it can begin to fully produce at anywhere from 12 to 16 years of age if you're creating, nurturing the environment. So the more nurturing, come on, cultivating the environment you do, the more it's going to produce. And not just produce, but produce good fruit, good olives. And that's important because olives are used for a lot of important things. And then here's what's amazing to me with an olive tree. An olive tree will live and produce for hundreds of years. In fact, let me say it this way. If you create a nurturing environment for your children and, and they start producing at different stages along life and hit maturity and producing, they can produce long after you're gone. Come on. But you got to create that environment. That's the picture God's painting in this passage in your home, cultivating that soil, nurturing these plants that you have to be there to be a nurture. Okay, notice where all the plants are located here in verse three. Where did it say? Around your table. Around your table. Now let's just take that literally for a second. So parents, you, you need to spend time with your kids around the table. You want them to produce and you want them to produce good fruit. You need, the truth is, we need to be spending time around the table with them when we're nurturing them. The truth is, we have a generation of children who are being nurtured by somebody other than their parents and very little time is spent around the table. Or if it is around the table, it might be around the restaurant table where we're all on our phones. Right? Now here's what's happening. We're not nurturing. We're, we're, what we're doing is we're letting teachers nurture. We're letting coaches nurture. We're letting neighbors nurture. Uh, we're, we're trying to let the pastors nurture. Can I tell you? No, you nurture around the table. You create environments for your family to connect together and you cultivate that around the table. If, if we're not doing that, now, now teachers and coaches and neighbors and pastors and stuff will come alongside. That's like added. But, but you're the one creating the environment at home. But here's what, who, guess who else is trying to nurture your kids? Hollywood. Netflix is trying to do it. Social media is trying to, TikTok is trying to do it. Instagram is trying to do it. Snapchat is trying to do it. And there's probably a whole bunch more I don't even know. But you can't let that happen around the table. Since you gotta nurture your kids at the table, you gotta find time to be at the table with them. Have a meal together, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Have a meal together. Find those moments. Use, use those teachable moments. And I, and I want you to notice this. I want you to notice that in the case of the wife and in the case of the kids, it's their attachment to the home that produces the environment. It's their attachment to the home that produces the environment, not to everything else that we spend time going and running and doing that we think we have to do. We have to be involved in every activity. We have, and I love all that stuff. We have to be involved. But notice, for both of them to thrive, the environment is attached to the home. It's attached to the home. How important is our home environment? Well, it helps your wife and your kids thrive. That's why the enemies fight so hard to destroy our home environments. 
to distract us, get us attached to other. I'm more attached to my, some of us are more attached to our work environment than our home environment. Some of us are more attached to our hobby environment than our home environment. Some of us are more attached to our, our friends, our buddy environment than our home environment. Now, I don't, I don't mean this to be a hard, a hard thing, but I want to paint an honest picture that the word helps us see. We need to be attached to our home environment. Attachment to the home, not job, sports, not other things. And it doesn't mean your children won't sin. It doesn't mean your children won't wander. But because you've nurtured them, the Holy Spirit will have something to bring them back to when they do. So you must be committed to your home. Let's keep going. I got to close this up. Psalms 128, verses 4 through 5. Here we go. Behold, thus shall a man be blessed who fears the Lord. Follow God's picture. It says this, the Lord blesses you from Zion. I love that. Zion, now we're looking at the home environment, but now we're switching gears from an attachment to a home environment to now a connection to God's environment. So not that it's not a godly environment at home, but let me say it this way. When it says Zion in the scripture, when it talks about Zion, if you go to Hebrews, it talks about going and worshiping the God. We go into, we go to worship God at Mount Zion. Where are you going? We're going to Mount Zion to worship God. It literally is a picture of the church. So it's, a t- it's connecting your attachment to your home and your attachment to the church. Where are you going? I'm taking my family to Mount Zion today. I came this morning on April, uh, April. I came this morning, May 23rd. And where are we going? I'm going to Mount Zion to worship. Why? Because I want to be attached to my family at home and I want to be attached to the family of God. That's the picture God created for successful families today. Be attached to your family at home and home environments and be attached to the family of God and godly environments. Let's all go up to Mount Zion. How about that? And worship the Lord a little bit. That's what the scripture is talking about. You will be blessed. If you're serious about God's picture for the family, then you'll lead your family to Mount Zion as well. I know there's a lot of other things perhaps you'd like to be doing. Now you're here and preaching to the choir, if you will, or you join us online. Listen, but can I tell you, don't miss those Mount Zion moments. Don't miss those moments around the table. Don't miss those attachment to home moments. That's the picture here. Because you're fighting for your families. And look again what God says in Uh, Guys, can you jump back to verses one and two for me? Let's take a look at verse one and two real quick. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, respects the Lord, and then is obedient to the things of God. Verse two. Verse two. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you, creating environments for your wife to cling, climb, and cluster, and then nurture your kids around the table with an attachment to the home, and then with an attachment, a connection to to, to the house of God. It will be well with you. But, but look what happens, not only just with you, because God has a bigger picture here, because really God wants to bless you, but he wants to bless everyone around us. So here's the thing. We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world that's, that's beaten and bleeding. We live in a world that, that's desperate, and, and it's still trying to attack the families. You know what the answer? The answer is not legislation. It begins in your home. You want to fix your city, your state, your nation? Fix your home. <laughs> fix your home first. Because here's what it goes on to say now in verse 5 and 6. If you guys will go there, verse 5 and 6. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of your city, Jerusalem, all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. We want peace in the land. It begins with home. We want blessing and prosperity in the land. It begins with home. We fix our home environment, then it translates down. We can fix the city environment. We can fix the state environment. Then we can fix the country. Listen, can I tell you, this country, this broken country, is not going to be fixed from the White House. It's going to be fixed from your house and God's house. And that's where it starts. Now, verse, verse 6 says, may you see your children's children. You know what that means? I want to live. 
live to see my grandkids. And the less peaceful that it is, the less chance there is of that. Terrible, horrible things happening around here. I want to live long on the land. I want to see my children's children's children. I want, I want to do that. What I need, I need peace to do that. So, how you manage this picture here in your home, the result of that, it brings peace and prosperity to the city and it brings peace and prosperity to the land. So, we can live long and be here on the planet to be with our family. I want to close with this thought this morning. I want to go back to the idea, you know, we're literally what we were talking about creating in the environments. And this kind of struck me late last night. Maybe I was just tired. Maybe it's God. We'll see. <laughs> and, uh, and there was this moment where I felt like I was looking at these two analogies, these two pictures. And really what we have is we have with a woman, we have uh, wine. We talked about that, the producing fruit and wine. And with the kids, we talked about olive trees and the greatest product of olive oil. And I thought for a moment, the story of the Good Samaritan, which says when the Good Samaritan came upon the, the, the beaten, broken man laying in the street, it says he poured in the oil and the wine. And I got to thinking about that. I got, so I looked up, what does that literally mean, symbolically mean? And well, the wine means a transformation. The wine is what cleans, what would clean the wound. It would sanitize the wound. The wound, it would transform it from dirty to clean. It would transform, come on someone, from dirty to clean. You pour it in the wine to transform it from dirty to clean. It is a symbol of the blood of Jesus when we take communion. The grape juice of the wine reflects his blood that washes us clean. And then the oil came upon, poured on the oil. The oil brings healing. The oil takes away pain. So listen, Listen, we're living in a broken, bleeding, painful world, and the answer to it is pouring in the oil and the wine. And that happens when we create the right environments in our home where she can clean, climb, and cluster, and we eat the fruit of that, and we're nurturing them so that they can produce oil. And it's the healing balm and the cleansing balm for this lost world today. It's amazing to me. I love that. And that's all we got time for. I just want, I wanted you to hear my heart this morning. I know that everybody's family looks like that, and, and I get that. And I don't want you to feel bad or anything. It's, that was never the heart. I want you to just look to God. Just look to God. God's grace, God's mercy, God's fresh start, God's new beginnings, God's redeeming of things. But it can start here. But what you need is to hold on to that. Hold on to that picture. Hold on to that picture. Because God is a good and faithful God. And whatever your family has been up to now, however it looks, and it might be broken, it might not even have one yet. But hold on to that picture. And just hold that in your heart and hide that in your heart. And just every day, just believe God for it. Thank God for it. And when things are tough and you're feeling different ways because of what's happening around about you, just thank God for the oil and the wine. That he can come in, amen. And he can bring transformation and he can bring healing and restoration. Because he's a good and faithful God. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.